We're in the permission uh, series, and we've looked at uh, several different uh, things and topics so far in this series uh, leading up to today. And the uh, word stewardship is the word that uh, we're really looking into and digging into. And stewardship is actually the word we studied last week that means manager or one who manages well. And a good steward is one that takes care of what God has already given them. And it's all God's anyway. It's, uh, it all belongs to him. And we've, we've come to that determination last week. And today we're seeing uh, in this version of permission, I want us to look at the word time. We've looked at talents. We've looked at uh, treasures. Now I want us to look at time and some of the things that God wants us to do with our time because we should be good stewards of the time he allots us. Amen? There's little bitty kids that are born not with good health that the parents would do anything to give them more time on earth. And we've received a greater allotment already at this point. I'm 40 years old and there's several in the room that's older than me. You've given, been given a pretty good allotment of time already. Time means everything to us. It's one thing that we spend, but how do we spend it? Do we spend it wisely? Because a good steward is one that's, that takes care of what God has given them. And God is the one that gives us time, so how well do we guard it? How well do we take care of it? How well do we manage our time? And there's some topics that I want to think about is this story from Jonah that Jonah was given some time. Amen? Jonah was given some time that God allotted him some time. And God calls prophets to speak for him so that the word can get out to people that maybe have never heard the gospel of Jesus. I thank God for missionaries and those that will travel over the seas and go everywhere today like the bankies and use whatever means necessary to go and share the gospel of Jesus everywhere they go. They might use the means of basketball. Some of them we've got uh, missionaries that use the airwaves that's got TV stations and radios and some of our missionaries has got Bible colleges that train up ministers and, and, and other missionaries and there's all types of missionaries that we support today. Jennifer down at the House of Hope that, that gives uh, ladies a, a, a new chance, a new desire, a new passion that see that their life can turn around, that things can change. We've got missionaries on the college campuses today, and I'm sure that Todd and uh, Shonda are having a rough time down in Kentucky today because there's a lot of uh, people with some downtrodden spirits today in the state of Kentucky, University of Kentucky, right? The day after a loss, you, you, you'll have, have some sorrow, some pain, some anguish about, oh, no, we lost. What do you do with your time? If UK would have used their time better yesterday... Amen? And not just come alive in spurts, but use the whole time during the game. They might be able to win. They definitely have the skill. They definitely have the resources. They definitely have the fans behind them cheering them on. What did they lack? Proper use of their time. Tonight, we're going to watch a Super Bowl game, Pete. During that Super Bowl game, you're only allotted so much time. Each team is to, gets the same amount of possession time. How do they use their time? What are they going to do with it? The one that uses their time best is the one that wins. And usually in most Super Bowls in the past couple of years, it's come down literally to the last two minutes. And really the best coach will win 
because of his use of time. Will he call this or do that? or How will he use the time? Who will he put in? Will he kick for a field goal? Will he go for a Hail Mary? What will he do with the time he's given? And if we put that in our context of our lives, what are we going to do with the time God's given us? I love Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The second time. And everybody in this room, I can assure you that you've been given more than one chance. Amen? More than one chance. So as God did for Jonah, so he will do for you. And if God came to Jonah an extra time, a next time, he'll come to you another time. But today might be that time where he's going to say, I'm coming to you. I'm going to ask you about doing better with your time, of managing your time. And this sermon is for you today. It's for everybody in this room, including myself. And as I've been thinking about this lately, in my work, I've got a schedule, I've got a thing that I fill out and I try to go through and every week I go in on Monday morning with the mindset of today, this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my time wisely this week. I only get 40 hours of work, that's all I'm allotted. You get that, I only get 40 hours of work? <laughs> You're right. Anybody that's ever goes to work, you know that there's a lot more involved than that. But I, I plan every week to use it wisely. Every Friday I walk out and think, man, maybe I'll do better next week. Can anybody else say amen? Say, yeah, that's me. Next week I'm going to do better. It's always next week with us. Instead of taking advantage of the time right now, we always say next week. Do you do that as a teacher, Miss Ruby? Do you every week you go in and be like, man, I got off my lesson plan this week. I didn't get accomplished what I wanted with the kids. And, and next week I'm going to do better. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the way it works. And, and uh, Jason, you know, you get a few cars in. You're like, man, I'm really going to knock out like three or four this week. And by Friday you look around and you've got a half of one done. You're like, man, next week I'm going to do better. I, I, and Greg's up there and, you know, it's like all these people coming in, wanting this, wanting that, wanting him to order this. And then you're like, yeah, at the end of the day on Saturday at uh, 1 o'clock when you close the door and lock it and uh, turn that sign around to close, you think, next week I'm going to do better. Is anybody else guilty of this? I'd say we all are. So what does God want us to do? Is he giving us another time? Is he giving us another chance like he did for Jonah? You see, God had a desire for Nineveh. And some of the people that we discount or put on a shelf that say that God has no second chances for that type of people, we might be well enough surprised that God's got a lot of chances for those type of people. Amen? That he cares about those that we don't care about as much more than what we do. God's love is never ending. It goes to all generations. It's, it's crazy how much that God will chase after his people. And now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Put your name in that spot. Now the word of the Lord came to Greg the second time saying. Now the word of the Lord came to Eric the second time saying. Now the word of the Lord came to Brittany a second time saying. And you can put your, everybody in the room, put your name in there. What is the word of the Lord going to say to you today about dealing with your time? I'd say the word of the Lord's coming to us today saying you've been wasting your time. I'd say if we had the word of the Lord today, Pete, it would be you've been wasting too much of your allotted time. I've given you weeks and years and months 
of your life? What have you done with it? How successful do you feel today? I can tell you today, I'm not done yet. My, I don't feel like my life is over, do you? I don't feel like I've given it my all. I don't feel like I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. And if I were to die today, I would go out feeling undone. I want to feel success. I want to know success. How do you do those things? How can you get to a point where the success can become a reality? I think we go back to Joshua. Joshua, God told him, if you'll meditate in my word, night and day, you will be successful. You will be successful. What if God's word is what makes us successful? What if, what if it's as simple as that? That just a scripture, one text, you don't have to be, you don't have to read a whole book or a whole chapter or anything. What if it's just one little word out of that text can change your life? There's two different places in the New Testament, it's in Colossians and Ephesians. It talks about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And I, we don't think about this a lot, that, that time is able to be redeemed, but I can tell you this right now, that what's impossible with man is possible with God. Amen? What's impossible with man is possible with God. How much time have you redeemed lately? Is there any redemption? Has there been any catching up? And what if I'm telling you that it's possible for God to cause you to use your time better and manage your time better and to be a better time manager? And then he not only says, well, I'll allow you to manage your future time better, I'm going to allow you to redeem part of that time you've already wasted. This is a whole new thought. You mean, really, God, I, you can play catch up in my life? Absolutely. It's truth. It's God's word. And why would he put it in there twice? It says in the scripture that every word will be established by two or three witnesses. Why did Paul write it in two different verses in two different groups of people to tell them that there was a, a group of people in, in Colossae and in Ephesians that could redeem the time? Does God want you redeeming time? If he wanted them to, he wants you to. Amen? If God wants you to redeem time, what are you going to do with that redeemed time? Are you going to waste it again? Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying. See, we just think about different, it's a second chance to just, to just it's, a, it's a replay. It's, a, it's like Groundhog's Day that just happened here recently past week, that a Groundhog Day, we've got to worry how's, how long's winter going to last off of what a groundhog does. How many worries about it? I hate it whenever he, you know, he comes out there. Does he see shadow? Does he not see shadow? Do we have six more weeks of winter? Do we have six more weeks? It's going to turn spring. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Do we worry about what's the future going to look like, about weather and all this? And we live in, in sheltered houses. We've got con climate-controlled, conditioned environment. And here we're worrying about what's going on outside in the weather. We've got four-wheel drive trucks. We've got big mud tires on them. You know, we deck them out. We've got, we got everything we need, you know, to make it. Worried about the weather. You think that's making good use of our time? I think we ought to say, come hell or high water, 
I want my time to be managed well. God, allow me to ask for permission in all things during my time. Amen? What if we ask for permission for our future times and allow God to redeem what we've wasted? Amen? Rather than ask for forgiveness for all we've wasted. How many feels right now that you probably ought to ask God for forgiveness for wasting so much time when there's so many people? A little girl a few weeks ago right here in our county passed away. Middle school age passed away. Was she given the same time as you? No. Should we feel guilty about it? Yeah. People make fun of me all the time because one of my friends that I met up in Ashland, I would, anytime we was coming down the way, I would tell them, as we was coming through, I'd tell them about, well, well, this friend of mine passed away on this intersection. This friend of mine passed away on this intersection. And they look at me like, why do you always talk about that? Because it haunts me. Knowing that at a 12th grade of our education, that Kevin Kegley left school, went home early, to get his work clothes to work at Foodland. And when he crossed the Dubway Highway right down here at this intersection, a semi ran over top of him and drug him for 500 feet up the side of that hill. And he didn't make it. I remember riding on that school bus, passing and looking, saying, that looks like a blue Chevette. It looks like Pete's car. The next day, just ear silence all day at school. Nobody could say a word because we realize that life is but a vapor. What scripture says, it's here for a little while and then it vanishes away. It don't take long to see how short life is. So teenagers, don't live your life like you got forever to live. This might be your last weekend. This might be your last service. What if we took full advantage of every hour that we're given and use it for what we're supposed to use it for versus how we normally waste it? Scary stuff. You know why it's scary? Because it's reality. I hope I live forever. <laughs> but I know that I ain't got a very good chance of beating odds. Because every human that's ever lived so far has all perished. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. No guarantees. What are you going to do with your time? And the word of the Lord came to Pete saying, What's God saying to you? The word of the Lord came to Debo the second time saying and I think about this little girl in that video in seven minutes time can tell a redemptive story changes how we look at the story of Jonah and use seven minutes of her time 
What if God could equip us, Greg, to use seven minutes of our time to tell a story of redemption? Because he is the one that redeems time. He can make up for lost ground. Today, I don't know what state of mind you're in or what you came in here to receive today. I don't know if you came in looking for, uh, expecting God to speak to your heart today or the Holy Spirit to work on you or challenge you or equip you. But I'm here to tell you that God is here today to meet you where you're at to cause a change in your life because he's coming to you another time. And he's saying, what are you going to do? I want to ask for permission from God. God, just tell me how to use my time. How many started something more than once? Whether it's working out, eating better. <laughs> over and over and over and over. We're all guilty of start overs in all kinds of things in our life. Time after time after time, this time's going to be different. And we've went at it with vigor. We started and we said, this time is going to be different. Next week is going to be different. I promise you that I've, I've got enough in me this time, enough tenacity to know that I've failed so many times that, that this time is going to be different. But in reality, are we going to do anything different? Here's what I want to tell you. The difference maker in your life is not you. Somebody say something. The difference maker in your life is not you. The difference maker in your life is God. And if you want to do better at using your time more wisely, don't try to do it yourself. Because if you continue to try to do it yourself, you're going to fail again. Because if we think we're going to get a different result doing the same thing another time, we're crazy. Einstein, I think it was, said that, that that's the term of insanity. To do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. That's the way we do life. Oh, I failed today. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go at it again. We do the same thing. We fail again. Then we wake up the next morning. Man, I failed yesterday, but this morning I'm going to, it's going to be different. I'm going to do the same thing over. I'm going to fail again. Week after week, month after month, year after year, we went through this cycle of just going in and walking out of failure, going in and walking out of failure, going in and walking out of failure. When are we going to go in and say, God, I've, I've messed up too many times and I need some redemption. I need some redeeming in my life because I've tried to do things myself and I fail every day. I fail every week. I fail every month. This time I need some redemption, God. Redeeming the time. What does that mean? How can that be in our life where God can redeem? If he can redeem a man, he can definitely redeem time. My brother come to my house. and He said, I can't take this pressure. I can't take this weight anymore. I, I want some change and I, I can't do this anymore. And when he walked out the door, he said, I don't have a headache anymore. I feel like I'm light. And he goes home and he starts reading his Bible. He comes to Bible study on Wednesday night. He's hungry for God. He's desiring God. He's changed. Why? Not because of him. It's because of redemption. 
A God who redeems all mankind. And today is a day where God is saying to us again, I can even redeem your lost time. All those lost weeks. All those lost months. All those lost years. I can redeem. You know why? Because he's a redeemer. Only a redeemer can redeem. I love the story of Ruth in the Old Testament. Because she comes back with her mother-in-law. And Ernie, she travels back. It's not even her people. She isn't even supposed to be there other than that she was married to a guy that passed away. She's only kin because of, of marriage. She's not even really a Jew. She's not even really an Israelite. And she comes marching in with Naomi. Naomi tells her, Ruth, if you'll get out there and garner the edge of those fields because they'll leave a little bit in the corner. If you'll get out there and just pick us up enough, we'll make it another day, Ruth. Get out there and garner in the edges of the field. How many feels like that's what you're doing, just living day by day? Meal by meal. Little bit at a time, just enough to get me through another day. Go to bed worrying about whether the rapture is going to take place because I, I haven't made things right with God. I, I've not made things right, and I, I feel like that I, I, I'm afraid to go to sleep at night because I remember this as a teenager. I was scared to death to go to sleep, Greg. Because my mom would holler up the stairwell every night right before we went to bed and pack on the steps. Y'all pray tonight, okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm up here praying it ain't gonna, that the day ain't going to be the day when the world ends. That's my prayer because I'm living like a hellion. I didn't want to tell my mama that. <laughs> Thank you for telling me to pray. Yeah, I, I, that's a warning call. I know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Got that. Ruth. Go out and just garner us another day. Just get us through another day, Ruth. The Bible tells the story that as Boaz is out there in the field that day, and he notices Ruth. And as he sees Ruth over there at the edge of that field, the Bible tells the story where she goes in. Next thing you know, Boaz says, I want her to be my wife. How many knows that's a life changer? When you're going from picking just a few leftovers in the side of the field to being able to marry the guy that owns the field, that's a new day. That's a new time. That's a new season. Amen? So she's over there, and Boaz takes notice of her. But here's the deal. Boaz couldn't buy her or purchase her because but through the way that the Israelite command worked that it was somebody else's job to redeem of whoever was next of kin. So once a guy passed away, his wife could be taken by his next of kin. His brother, his cousins, his whoever's the closest kin. That's who had a right to marry his wife and was supposed to marry his wife because it's all about redeeming mankind. And they're known as the kinsman redeemer. The kinsman redeemer. And the guy that had the first right in front of Boaz, I can imagine the prayer of Boaz that night as, as this kinsman redeemer comes in, it's the guy in front of him. And you know how it is at school lunch line. You're always cutting. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't like when anybody else is in front of me. If I see a line, I'm like, man, I wish I would have got here earlier so I could get in front, right? That's what Rachel's always hoping for. And, and Mom, yeah, they're always like, man, I hope I get there early enough that I'm, I'm first. 
No, not really. They come when they can. I don't like anybody being in front of me. I'm kind of like Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. It's just the way it is. I can just imagine Boaz standing there nervous thinking, man, she's hot and I'm not. It's, it's, it's Bible. It's amazing. When you marry somebody hot and you're not, you know you're blessed. That's why Leslie chased me down. <laughs> right, Ernie? Ernie, Ernie knows. He was there. Boaz, knees shaking, thinking, man, he's good looking, and he's in front of me. Life is not fair, people. And that guy says, nah. Boaz like, yep. Talk about redeeming. Talk about redemption. He's thinking, this is a redemption story. He didn't have no idea that that story was going to be written in a Bible that was to be read by people throughout all generations of time. Read the book of Ruth. Go on YouTube and look up the story about the book of Ruth. There's all kinds of movies about it. It's an amazing story. I love because it's about redeeming what was lost or broken. You see, because Ruth, when she come into Israel, she thought there's no chance I'm ever going to be taken care of. My mother-in-law, she's ailing, and she's getting older, and, and when she dies, nobody's going to know who I am because that's my, only, that's my only connection into this group of people. And when she left her land of Midian, and when she ran up there with her, and she told Naomi, she said, Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. What happens whenever you apply faith in your life? What happens whenever you put your trust in somebody else's thinking? What if, if just for a minute, that you left all your disbelief behind and caused some belief to come into your heart and say, God, I'm tired of, of challenging everything and wondering why God does it this way or that way, and I'm tired of always having doubt in my heart and, and disbelief, and I want to trust today, God. I, I want a redemption day. And the very instant, you make a decision to do something different and decide to go the other route towards God, Amen. He will meet you right there. He is the Redeemer. Permission. Naomi told her, just stay back, Ruth. You're better off with your people. Nope. I'm tired of this life. I'm going where there's a new way. I'm going to the land that flows with milk and honey. Whew. My God, what does redemption mean to us? How redeemed are you? Amen. How bought are you? The Bible says that you were bought with a price. The price of Jesus' blood. You were bought, you were redeemed by Jesus' blood. And Boaz buys his, his, his next of kin and he's, he's next in line and he takes Ruth and he marries her. And next thing you know, it's just an absolute amazing story about redemption only by permission for somebody else to deny you I can tell you right here right here right now the devil the enemy of your soul he'll let you down every time he'll promise you the sun moon and the stars and you end up with nothing every time. 
Leslie, come and play. Story of redemption. How well do you manage your time? And today, the big question is, has the word of the Lord came to you saying something today? Is the Spirit of God checking your heart right now and saying, you need to let me redeem you because you can't. You're tired of trying. You're tired of walking that road of rejection, of failure. It feels just like, man, I'm sick of it. Won't you stand? just bow your head and close your eyes with me if you will is there anybody in this place that could just maybe say right now Pastor Ben I've, I come in this place today feeling lost and feeling broken and I can feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me that the Father is knocking on my heart's door and he's telling me I need to be redeemed. And I want to walk out of this place today changed. A new man, a new woman. I want to be redeemed. Is there anybody here to raise your hand and say, that's me? Amen. Anybody else? You just feel God's presence telling you you need to be redeemed. Is anybody here? Just slip your hand up. I'll pray for you. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to ask you to come forward, do any of that stuff. But just so I know to pray for you. Anybody else here? Put your hands down. Thank you for everyone that put their hands up. I have another question for the Christians that's in this place. Maybe you've been redeemed. Maybe you've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but you feel like today that this message is spoken to you and it's telling you that you need to do a better job taking care of the time that God's given you and you're, you're wanting to ask God today forgive me for my failures and taking good care of the time that you've given me and I want to change today I want you to redeem my time today and I want to walk out of here today with a plan forward is anybody here just raise your hand and say that's me amen amen hands everywhere thank you Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your word that establishes us. And God, we know that this permission series is all about stewardship. And God, there's some people that walked in this place today that says that they want to walk out of here with a new life, with a new desire, God. 
that they want their life to be totally redeemed by you. And God, I pray that your blood of your son Jesus would wash them clean, make them new from the inside out. God, just wrench them clean right now. Lord, let the weight fall off their shoulders and let them walk in a newness of life, God, that they will feel so free walking out of this place today that they will be noticed, and it will be noticed by their peers, by their family. Lord, that they will know that there's a change happening in this place today. Redeem their life. And God, for those that are Christian that are here today, Lord, that your word has spoken to them and showed them that they are not using their time responsibly. God, that they're not doing everything that you've called them to do. Lord, I know that your word says that the gifts and callings are without repentance, God, and you'll never give up on the calling you've called them with. And God, I know that you told, through the apostle Paul, told Timothy to stir up the gift of God that was within you. And God, I pray today, Lord, the people in this place that's, that's got gifts and callings, Lord, that they're not using. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just would make them alive today and fresh and new. Give them new ideals and new insights. God, just wake them up in the morning with a freshness of a new day, of a new dawn. Lord, that great things can happen in their life when they'll get in your word and use it according to your plan. Lord, that you would give them permission to do great things for what time we have remaining. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Leslie, won't you just sing a little bit of that song, if you would? Won't you sing with her, if you will? To Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you. But as you're leaving today, please shake somebody's hand and tell them to use their time more wisely, that they need to be better stewards. Amen. Love God and love people.